Hi, friend. You are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, After having been through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys with you. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood. And you are listening in for season five, where we have been starting off each month with a different young woman sharing her faith story and allowing her the space to ask some tough questions about God and Christianity. And so this month, our first episode introduced my friend and former co-host, Doc Marr from the Netherlands. Doc Marr and I had a discussion about what's changed in her life since first appearing on the podcast in April of 2021. We talked about some significant life changes, such as moving, a new boyfriend, some mental health struggles, and a deepening curiosity regarding faith. She shared some great questions about taking that literal leap of faith of coming to Christ. And so if you haven't already, I highly recommend you go and check out that first episode with Doc Marr and hear more of her story and where she's at currently. We'll put a link in the show notes, and you can find those at findingsomethingreal.com, along with other things like the episodes we recorded with Doc Marr last year, free resources, an occasional blog post, I say very occasionally, and how you can get more involved with this program by supporting us through Patreon or advertising, um, along with ways to connect. All of that can be found over there at findingsomethingreal.com, so please go check that out, friend. So I have to say before we get started this morning, uh, we were originally scheduled to record this episode a couple days ago when it would have been 1 a.m. in the Netherlands, and Doc Marr uh, wouldn't have been able to be here. She wasn't feeling well and also 1 a.m. in the Netherlands on a weekday. Uh, but what's really cool, you guys, is that our guest today recognized that. And after I had sent over the final details of our time to record later that day, asked if we could reschedule, um, which I just think is pretty amazing and goes to show the heart of the, our guest today. Um, so here we are recording in three time zones um, on a weekend when you guys could all be here. Uh, So yay. And Doc Marr, (laughs) I'm so excited you're back. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I think that, thank you, man. It's it's our pleasure actually to be here. Oh, well, I I haven't even introduced you guys yet. I've got like a whole little spiel for you too. Oh, I I came out early. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, when I looked up stuff for you, it was really, (laughs) it was really hard. So here's what I have for you. So I'm excited for the guests that we have here today uh, who are here specifically to address Doc Marr, some of the questions that you brought up the last time we talked. 
uh, specifically, how do you know you're ready to take the leap of faith? Uh, you said literally, which I think is so great. Um, also, how do Christian people generally integrate faith into their lives, you asked? And what are some things that hold a lot of people back in their relationship with God? We might touch on all those. We might touch on just a couple. Um, but here to share their own stories and answer some of those questions today is a lovely couple and proud parents who you already heard a little bit about. But Shay Watson, who you, whose voice you heard, says he's a man <laughs> who just loves Jesus. Um, but you can find out all the other things that makes him uh, incredibly interesting by listening over at the Pantry Podcast. And Michelle Watson, his wife, is an East Coast millennial, uh, wife and mama, all about the Word of God, determining her opinion and not the other way around. I love that. She loves helping busy creatives, Christian creatives, maximize their digital reach in minimal time to reach the lost and found. Um, I told her before we pressed record that I really need to talk with her. Uh, <laughs> Michelle's been on the podcast before. She's here for the first, um, Shay's here for the first time. And I met them both thanks to the Christian Podcasters Association. Um, and they're, they're on fire for the Lord. And I just love talking with them. Each time I've talked with them, I've really enjoyed it. So I'm excited to welcome them back here today. Hey, Shay and Michelle. <laughs> Hello, hello. It's good to be here Wait, again. Can, can I say something now? <laughs> yeah. Say it, say that, it. That's so me. I'm always like, uh, do I say hi now or later? I know, I know. But man, I... it's awesome to be here. It is awesome <laughs> to be here. No. I mean, I, I am so grateful. You guys had me on your show a few weeks ago. You were yes. talking about having listened to Doc Mar's episodes. Mm. And it was so great because when we were done recording, I was like, actually, she had a question that I think you two would be excellent at addressing <laughs> why don't you come on here would you do it and you both were great about saying yeah we think that'd be amazing yeah and um i'm just really grateful for you guys so before we dive in to what's going on with doc bar here uh would you share a little bit more about your ministry and your podcast um so shay's looking at me so i will start that's how we communicate <laughs> yeah. across the table i just um, jab my husband <laughs> <laughs> the table's too long. I can't reach. But but uh, yeah, so the Pantry Podcast started about two years ago when this, uh, this depending on when this airs, it might be two and a half. But um, we are coming up in about two weeks on two years and eight seasons. Um, and it started, we decided to do it right before all of the COVID stuff started off and so there were just murmurs about that and we decided to have a podcast then everything shut down and we're like instead of waiting until may and having all our ducks in a row people need hope now so let's go ahead and just launch with what we have and so it's it's become um a huge part of the ministry that we have um digitally and it's just about you know serving up jesus not junk food and just showing the difference in the believer's life and letting them kind of question things um in a, in a biblically founded, wise way to help them discern and grow in their faith and just become more useful to God because that inevitably also just makes everything work out more. Um, and then also in person, we're very active in our local church. We go do street evangelism every time it's warm and we're right outside <laughs> of DC. So that makes it really tough. That's why we say when it's warm, because when it gets cold, people really won't talk to you around here. But <laughs> when it's hot, everyone's outside. And so you can you can find some people. And yeah, we just had a divine appointment um, that had us like five minutes late for this interview. 
Um, and we and we just love when God uses us like that. So we do all kinds of stuff. And then Shay, you can speak about. I think the only thing I would add is that you know when we talk, you know, we talk about encouraging, we talk about Bible, we talk about you know the literal sense of the Bible and following the Bible. But in reality, when we're speaking to people and encouraging people, it's just a matter of looking in the mirror. Mm -hmm. um, it's very important. I teach, you know, men's ministry. I teach life group ministry. Um, and I tell everyone that I always, if I preach, I tell people this, especially first time, I am simply looking in a mirror and, and just absorbing these words as well, because these are words that give us life. And so we wanted people to have this experience and understand that these are life-giving words, that this is li these are words that bring light into a darkened world um, with everything that everyone's struggling with. And so really it's about encouraging and, and I mean, we come out hard sometimes and we're that podcast that, you know, because because I have to live that, man, I, I need God to hit me upside the head sometimes and say, no, 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 walk right. So that's all we do on our podcast is try <laughs> to give people the right way, not beat them, but, you know, show that, you know, God's not really beating us, but like he's, this is a way to walk. Mm -hmm. You If you want success, this is a good way to walk. And, and you know, you can go to our, our, we'll probably get into it today, but my testimony proves that. So, yeah. 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 Well, let's talk about that. You both have uh, unique and obviously we all have unique testimonies, but I've I've heard you share a little bit in the past um, off of, you know, any type of recording device. But uh, tell me more about both of you and your faith journeys. Um, so I'll, I'll preface this because I think it's an impactful part of our story. We're 18 and a half years apart. Um, and so both our parents are actually very close in age, like just a few years off each other. So we have a lot in common you wouldn't expect because of how we were raised. But um, so I am 31. I never mind sharing my age, um, but I'm 31 and I came to Christ at 23 and I live in a very, very not God area. I'm not going to demonize it in, or any, anything like that, but it's just not God. That's not the option for most people here. They'll pick Wicca or nothing or who knows or whatever, but like God is just not the option um in in my city really um and so in school it was never really brought up but at home my dad is um my dad is catholic my mom i guess i'll just say protestant neither went to church because they couldn't really agree on that but i heard enough about the bible little kids bibles around the house you know um nativity scene at christmas that kind of thing um, but i never really understood anything then i went to college and there I started actually getting indoctrinated into um, a lot of critical theory, not just critical race, that's the one that trends, but just critical theory across the board, um, you know, very divisive stuff. And um, my, I myself was also getting into more and more new agey things, you know, so very big into horoscopes and astrology, um, starting to look into like crystals and, and protection and things. And actually that led me um, to looking into the occult because I was actually scared of evil. I knew evil was real. I knew God, but I like it was real, but I didn't know who like his character. Um, and I knew God wins cause he's God. So evil can't win against God, but evil's still scary. And so I was looking into the occult for that reason. And as I dove into the occult, I realized all the occult evil practices that I would define as evil, even without having a biblical worldview, they all demonized Jesus and no one else like, oh, you're Buddhist. Cool. Come play with us. We use some of what you believe in our stuff. Oh, you know, you believe in Hinduism. OK, come. Your gods are welcome here. Oh, you know, you like crystals. Cool. You like, you know, this, 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 whatever it is like. That's cool. The one thing was not that's not welcome in that world is like Jesus as he is in the Bible. But they do invert the Bible a lot. And that woke me up. I started reading the Bible. And there's a lot of other parts of the story. 
um, like heartbreak and things that just kind of broke me down and wore me thin. I was lonely. I was depressed, you know, all these things. Um, but finally, um, one day I was, I was broken and I was just reaching out to God. I treated him like a genie and what I got back, it's not like an audible voice, but the thing, the thought that came to mind was like, you treat me like a genie and I can be so much more. And that woke me up and I started reading the word. And so I started in revelation because I like to know how things end. <laughs> and by the end of it, I was like, I do not want to be left behind. Mm -hmm. And if this is all it takes, if all it takes is just saying, yes, Jesus, I acknowledge and accept who you say you are. And then I get to be with you and you'll work out the rest like, OK. And so I was saved on my couch with a laptop on my on my lap. Um, and then I started going to church and everything else is just ups and downs and mistakes and successes, you know, the whole way through. And God's just been faithful in that and grown me and my relationship with him. Hmm. Well, I have follow-up questions to that, but Shay, I'd love to hear your story. I, I Mine's brief. I'm that dude. Sometimes I can make it so long. Good. I can make it, but no, you know what? Broken home, molestation, um, looking for identity, always chasing after, you know, somebody to give me an accolade, someone to lift me up, someone to boost me. I was looking at someone else, like putting that pressure onto somebody else somebody else is going to make me feel better that object is going to make me feel better that alcohol is going to make me feel better that drug is going to make me feel better um i ran two parallel lives i ran a very successful military career and i ran a very broken uh, distorted um un un underside to that um so pretty much my story is i did everything that the world had to offer and came up short uh, there's a song that was like i fought the law and the law won well i fought the world and god won uh but you know i i was in a marriage and what really broke the camel's back so you know from addiction and from all of these things um loss of children um you know even in abusive relationships my coming my way as a man so you know being abused as a man um you know ending up in a hospital stabbed in the back or uh nose that was broken so bad it had to be put back by you know surgery um where the police would show up at my front door and say dude she's gonna kill you uh, this wasn't my ex it was ex ex see i've been married twice hello third, third charm <laughs> hopefully no no third charm is is, is is the charm because it has jesus in it but at the end of the day you know my my wife of 13 years walked out on me um and I had some choices to make. And I was like, you know what? I've always ran to the world. I've always ran to, to drinking or, or women or drugs. And I was like, okay. I looked up to God defiantly and said, fine. You know, I, I listen, my mom and dad growing up didn't have God. They found God along the way, praise God. And then they became prayer warriors for me. So at age 41, here I am broken. I'm like, fine, shaking that fist. Ah, you know, God, you know, fine. It's I'm, I'm you, you know, you do something. Um, and he really showed me when I hit rock bottom that I hit the rock of salvation. Um, I'd say about two months later, it was more submitted. Um, you know, I fell back a little bit. I did a little backsliding saying, oh, well, I'm not doing that no more. And then ended up back in doing drugs for like a month. Um, and you know what? I laid there on my bed and I said, you know what, God, I'm done. Um, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay being broken as long as you're the one that I'm going to turn to. And so I turned to God. And then from there, of course, you know, hey, God does miracles. <laughs> you know, next thing I'm in Bible college, next thing, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm in the ministry, I'm leading ministry. Um, we start a podcast and here we are like eight years later. And it's like, I, there's no way I would turn back. Right. There's just no way I would turn back yeah. because God came in at the right time. And so to, you know, I think we got some questions that are going to come up on this, you know, and yeah. so we can really go deeper into that. Mm. Well, I just want to say uh, my my parents are 13 years apart. My dad uh, was married and divorced twice. 
Uh, mm. This is his third marriage going on 40 years, uh, 40 something mm. years now, I think 45. So cool. And um, the difference was Jesus, right? Amen. Um, so anyway, uh, going back to what you just started sharing, Shay, how has your life been different in giving your life to Christ? I'd love for both of you to share that. And then I'm going to let Doc Mar just take it away with some awesome. questions. Uh, for, for me, it's like life changing. It's like, um, so we, we started a ministry and how this name came across in full color ministry is what we're calling it. Um, why though? Why in full color ministry? And, and you know, when the, when I was in the world, it seemed so dark. It seemed so empty. It seemed like I was always clawing my way up, like trying to find a way out. Um, the minute I lay, sat down and I kneeled down and I finally said, okay, you know what, Jesus, I, I can't do this. See an admission. There's this admission that we have to come to, this brokenness we have to come to, this idea. Now, some people don't. I mean, this was just me. You know, I'm speaking for myself when I say this, but I had to be broken. I'm so hard-headed. <laughs> Let's just be real. <laughs> I am so hard-headed. And it took that moment where it was like, okay, I'm no longer going to be the engager. I'm going to disengage and I'm going to let him engage into my life. And when I did that, it's like, you know, the light, the light bulb came on. The world seemed brighter. Um, everything, even in the worst moments right now, um, all through COVID, you know, that could be somebody else, but even with PTSD from combat and all of these things, they, they have no hold on me anymore. I can just sit there and turn into Christ, into this relationship. And, and even if our marriage is, is faltering or if we're not, when I say faltering, you know, we, people get in arguments. It's what happens. Mm -hmm. But it's not like the world is falling apart anymore. It's like, okay, Lord, what do we do? And I have counsel. I have a friend. I have someone I can turn to. I have someone who's proven over and over and over and over again that he's there and he's waiting for me just to, just to come into him. And it's like, okay, and that's where my life changed. And from here on, I'm telling you, it's up. You hit the rock bottom, and it's just like you hit the rock salvation, and I've done nothing but go up. And, and so when I think of that and, and other people that might be making choices like this, it's like, you know, you have to come to a point in your life where you say, I just can't do it anymore. I need more than what this world has to offer. And you know what? I found that in Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say life-changing as well in a way that I couldn't expect, in many ways that I couldn't expect. Um, I think painting a brief picture of who I was before, I, I people, I was the good girl everyone wanted their kid to be like, but I wasn't good. I was just very good at pretending that I was good, but my heart, even now I still struggle with impatience and bitterness and resentment and frustration um, even with the closest people to me. And yet it was 10 times worse before. I just didn't want anyone thinking less of me. I just didn't want the inconvenience and the trouble that being disliked mm. caused. So I was very good at swallowing every dark thing and not really letting it out unless you were always around me and I couldn't help it. Um, so if I thought bad things, I thought them. I just wouldn't say them out loud. Which, I mean, that's better than saying them out loud, too. But at the end of the day, I'm rotten on the inside where I was. You know, I was rotten on the inside. And that kept me in this very broken state. And I would come home from having a night out with friends that on paper or on Facebook or on Instagram looked great. But inside, I felt just dead and alone and just hopeless. Like, I was like, 
is there not more to life? Will I not ever find that person who completes me that that I get to walk away from the night with? Or is it that I just always walk away from whatever it is alone? And those that high I felt being around people doing the thing doing whatever that's gone now. And now I'm looking for my next fix of meaning to give myself more meaning today to give myself more purpose today to convince myself that life is not just this random chaotic mess. And, um, and so I was just always like putting on a facade and because I hurt so bad, I didn't want my friends to hurt so bad. So I would listen to them and I would give them the best advice I could. And I always told myself, I'll be the friend that sits there and doesn't judge them when they say their mm. ugliest things, because I know how ugly I am. Um, and then I came to Christ and I, and the thing that really broke me the first time I actually submitted anything to God was when I told him after another heartbreak, I told him. Don't ever let me fall in love again, God, until it's the one you have for me. And I don't really know where that came from because I didn't know much about his sovereignty, his wisdom or anything. I just, he's God. Sometimes when I pray, he, those things actually happen almost instantaneously. I know he's there. I'm going to do, like, I'm going to ask this prayer. But that's when he really, I, f I didn't feel alone in that moment. I, something shifted. Like I felt like I was talking to someone, someone I could not see or literally hear back, but yet it didn't sound like I was just talking into nothingness. And, um, and so when I started pursuing him and learning what he's about, that hole is gone. That, that person I'm pining for that completes me is not my husband and it's not my daughter and it's not my mom and it's not my best friend. It's the Lord who died for me, which is something that, um, it might sound foreign, but at the same time, um, it's, it's so hard to describe until you have it, um, that you're not talking into a void when you're in, when you're praying you're not talking like when you really have him you know he's listening it's the weirdest thing and you want nothing more than to just have a real hug with him except he'll send hugs you know like sometimes you're feeling down and discouraged like we just came out of a, a two-day not the best marriage kind of time right and yet as soon as we like come back together we're like we're on a walk and god sends us someone to speak life into mm -hmm. and now we're unified we're reminded we're on the same team and we know god did that and now that other person doesn't feel alone he sent that person who is reaching out to him a hug through us so it's just those are the kind of things we experience now i experience real purpose now a purpose that i don't put into question and i didn't have to figure it out he's giving it to us mm -hmm. day by day and and so the, all of the pressure is off in that sense. And, and Christianity does bring in some things as you work it out in fear and trembling, you figure out what these scriptures mean, what life really means as a Christian, but, but it's nowhere near, it doesn't compare to the darkness I lived in for 23 years beforehand. All right, Dakmar, you've been quiet this whole time. They've shared a lot. <laughs> I'd love to hear your response to some of this. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. You both have very, um, how do I put this? Yeah, you both have very compelling stories, like how you came to Christ. It's like, I recognize some things that you guys said um, from both of you. Um, I just want to say I'm sorry that you guys both have pretty hard lives. But I'm glad that you're doing better and that you found each other and found 
god uh so yeah what i uh did want to ask you is like you both told me uh why you came to christ like what was the 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 point that you were like okay god we're doing this together but i am wondering like how exactly did you do that like what uh what switch was there or yeah i don't know i can i can roll mm -hmm. i think roll. so so <laughs> i think i think you like i, I kind of went into it just a little bit i came to a conclusion as a military guy as a, a person who goes to war um and and it has everything like out here <laughs> under control like it's like yeah man sergeant watson he's like the best he's good he rolls he there's nothing wrong with his life he's got it all together but inside you're like falling apart mm -hmm. and uh when my when my wife left um i said i wouldn't go back to things to satisfy me i said i needed something more um i ended up drinking a beer and, and taking ambien it was new year's eve uh she had just left like um this was 2013 and here i am again turning to something you know a beer and an ambient of course i tell myself i just want to go sleep i just want to go sleep i don't want to deal with new year's because you know new year's eve man you're supposed to be out you know with your love party and having a good time you know that was my mind frame you know like i'm supposed to be living life and i wake up at a friend's house i don't even know how i got there i don't even know how i got there and he's sitting across from me it's my friend he's a double amputee from from combat and he's got a gun sitting next to him. And I'm sitting there like, and I kind of wake up out of it, but watch this, he's sitting there. Like he's, he's, he's watching over me. Whether he has a gun or not, he had sat up all night watching me. And of course I'm sitting there and I ask him, why? Why are you watching? Okay, why, are you, why do you have a gun? He goes, well, reach inside of your, your hoodie. And I reach inside of my hoodie and I had my pistol on me. But you know what I saw in that, in that moment right there? I saw this person who was watching over me. I saw like one of those attributes of Christ. Um, he was sitting there watching over me. He was like vigilant, like staying awake, taking his time. Watch this, New Year's Eve, hello? He could have been out. He could have been like, you know what? Forget this dude, let him sleep it off in my house and leave. But no, here he is sitting there and watching me. And I sat there and I'm like, and I look up and of course, you know, we, we, I was raised to, to know that there's a God and I, and I was raised to know that there was a Christ and I knew that there, you know, the Holy Spirit, I knew the whole shmeel. I never really grasped a hold of it because I felt like if I give it up, if I, if I go that way, I give up the club, I give up the drinking, I give up the fun. I give, it was always one of those like tit for tat. And then I had this really big reflective moment that morning as I'm sitting there looking at my friend who, who sacrificed his time to watch over and make sure I was okay. And I said, you know what? That's where that defiant God moment, see, I'm kind of tearing up here, but that God moment was. And it was like, you know what? Let me, let me look into this. Let me dive more into this because if this is what everyone keeps telling me that God does, because he, this, is, this is what I'm seeing here. It was like a representation. Mm -hmm. It's like what people have told me, this is what God does in your life. And I sat there and I said, you know what? I, I'm just gonna try it, see? try it god show me something i was like i said call out i've challenged people on this you know i don't know if i believe i don't know if i've i if if god exists and i'll challenge i'm challenged i'm gonna say hey you know what one night look whether you believe or not i say kneel down if life is getting that way if you're wondering 
kneel down and say, Holy Spirit, show yourself to me. It's been pretty successful in a lot of people's lives. It's amazing when we allow that opening, you know, that door to open. Because Jesus knocks. It says in the Bible that Jesus knocks. But will we open the door? Well, that lock is on the inside. It's on our side. And it's our choice. And that night, that morning, I decided, you know what? I'm going to unlock that door and let Jesus come. And you, and from that moment on, it, it, it he, he, not only did he open my eyes to now, like what, you know, eight years ago and forward, I look back and I look at the things that I experienced, the testimony that he built into my life. And it's amazing. You'll start to see him there regardless. It's like you weren't there for him, but he was there doing something. Um, and it's just amazing to see that happen. And that's how I turned that corner. Yeah. And just said, you know what? It was more defiance. Show yourself to me. And he did. Yeah. He did. For me, it was almost um, a switch flip. Like you, you mentioned like a switch. Um, it was like the light was off in me. And I was in denial. Or not even denial. Just like flippancy. Like I was like, who knows? You know, I don't know. But you don't really need to know. It's fine. You know, I'm a good person. Or like, I hope I get there. You know, you know. But the day-to-day -day things were keeping me so busy. It didn't seem important to think about long-term that far out, like to eternity or if there was one or not. Um, and as I'm reading Revelation, I read an annotated version of it. So I wasn't just reading prophecy in like King James version, like try, like, oh, I get it. You know, um, the reason I could understand it at all is because this guy at some point in his life had been called like to make a website, a very simple website with like Bible each verse of the Bible under it, he would explain like re reference other verses that might be talking about it or like what I mean, like helping you understand what is this actually talking about. And so because of that, the gospel was built into the annotation, like the gospel isn't literally in Revelation like that, like, like John 316 is not literally repeated in Revelation, but he's bringing those in like the, the reason these people aren't here anymore. The reason some people are left, you know, is because like, here's the salvation message. Right. And it was very simple. And it was like, I had this moment. I was like, if I flip this switch, because I was almost giddy. I was like, I think this is true. There's no reason the world would hate one fake guy, one fake liar so much and make fun of him more like the world hates Hitler, but like they hate Jesus more because there's more people that constantly make fun of Jesus than people who constantly make fun of Hitler. And if you say you love Jesus around some people, they'll treat you like you do love Hitler. You know, like it's, it's like there's it's just you're not allowed to make fun of anyone's deity like you're allowed to make fun of Jesus. I was like, there's no reason the world would be pit against Jesus so much. And I was giddy. I'm like, if this is true, if this is the one that's true, this is the easiest thing I've ever heard of. Because I grew up, I remember when I was a toddler crying in bed, praying, God, please, if my parent, my parents had a dysfunctional relationship, right? And so I would be praying like, God, please, like if, if there's limited room in heaven, please let me go to hell and let them go to heaven, please. I didn't even know what really any of it meant, but I knew enough from hearing my parents, right? And so here I'm sitting like, it can be certain. It is this simple. It's this simple because he did it, because God took care of everything, which makes so much sense. Why would he leave anything up to anyone that's not perfect, right? Like it's, and, and I'm sitting there giddy and excited 
And I'm like, if I flip this switch on in me, my whole life changes and I have no idea how, except it's gonna be awkward to tell my friends that are all atheist or something else, right? It's gonna be really awkward to tell them um, that now I believe in Jesus. And at the time I thought maybe I have to keep the Sabbath and keep the 10 commandments in a, in a way like, they're good. I'm not saying don't, but what I'm saying is like, I thought like if you could get kicked out, if you don't, you know, very legalistic things. Cause that's all I'd grown up around hearing little tidbits of, but I'm like, if I flip this switch, it could be this easy. I get to just be on the winning team suddenly. Like that's all it takes. And so in that moment, I'm like, I don't want this. If this is true. And this is what happens to people who say, I don't want God. If, if their eternity is miserable because God's not there with them in eternity because they didn't want him then I definitely want to be with God, no matter how right I get it or not. And so I flipped the switch. I was like, one of two things is going to happen when I flip the switch. It's either I'm saved for all eternity or nothing changes. Nothing gets worse. And so I flipped the switch. I was like, that sounds like a solid bet. And I flipped the switch. And in that moment, I felt so much weight come off of me. It was like this relief that I can't explain Shay sometimes calls it like an elephant on the chest, you know, but I felt like, whew, that's one huge question I never have to answer again. And, uh, and then I read Genesis because I was like, I read the end, I should read the beginning. And then I read Mark. I hit up a friend, one of the only two Christian friends I knew. I hit him up. I'm like, I think I'm a Christian now, Malcolm. <laughs> He's a pastor now in, in Texas. I was like, Malcolm, I think I'm a Christian now. What do I do? I've read Revelation and Genesis. He's like, read Mark. So I read Mark. And by the end of that, I realized I should go to church. And so I prayed. I Googled it. Uh, like I asked God, like, hey, send me to the right church. I don't want to go to a, a wrong church and be led all crazy stuff. Because I was like, Christians are crazy, Lord. Send me to the right church. I didn't know that like some is not even Christians, right? And sometimes they are. Like, But I was like, I want a church that's like, biblical that like helps me understand not something crazy he sent me to the church we're in today um but really it was just this moment of like what do i have to lose it's either just as much misery as yesterday if he's not real and i'm just all in my head like then i'm just still crazy it doesn't change anything but if he is real and i flip the switch i get a relationship with him i get salvation and he's gonna figure it out for me i was like that sounds like a very good bet and so i took it and he proved it oh he proves it every day and he doesn't need to prove it to me anymore but um, but every day he's just reaffirming it, and that's why I stay. Yeah, that's. I get that. I yeah. do. Yeah. Dokmar, you shared with me in our Patreon episode that we recorded last spring, um, and we talked about it a little bit in the episode that will air before this. But um, that you felt like after having some of these conversations and reading the Bible that you you could see where the window was, that you could go through it. Um, what do you think is holding you back from, from stepping through that or flipping the switch? Yeah, I think that uh, a part of me is still like, are you sure? But I, I really love what you just said, um, uh, Michelle. Like what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is that it stays the same and it doesn't matter. So I really love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way. But um, yeah, I think what's holding me back is that uh, I don't know what my life would look like. Like, 
if would would a lot change or not or uh i don't have a lot of time on my hands like uh would i read the bible every day would i go to church everything like that it's kind of like how would that look do i have like right now my my mind is like all anxiety like i don't have time for that like do i need to do stuff i need to do even more <laughs> I, I think sometimes uh we get mm -hmm. caught in that um and, and that mind frame and and i'm just going to be frank because that's just who i am uh, is more of a religious mind frame mm -hmm. um and i think that what what is what should be stressed in any of this is that you know jesus didn't die for us to be religious he died for us to have a relationship uh, maybe you know we skip through things we talk about our, our testimonies and everything but at the end of the day I, michelle even said it a few minutes ago she's like it's not my husband that's first it's not my child that's first it's god who's first and she's not doing that out of a religious step she's doing that out of a relational step and it's kind of interesting that when we start to just even put him on our minds like okay jesus hey today watch simple prayer right i wake up in the morning hey jesus today just help me get through my day um he has an amazing way in the relationship of starting to work on us now sometimes let me tell you when i first came over i was wrecked like because I, I, I had to do a comparison. Well, I didn't have to do a comparison, but it's a, almost a natural thing that we do in our minds. We open the Bible and we start reading these passages and they say, you know, there's like all this, you do this, 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 and this. You know, it's like, I do those things, <laughs> you know? And, and uh, it really, but really what he's doing is he's just saying, hey, look, you know what? Um, you're struggling, right? I, I don't know who here is struggling. You know, I, we're not on video right now, but I mean, I even struggle still. Let's let's not let's be real. Um, Michelle struggles still. She just said we came through, you know, two days of of a marriage refinement. But you know, in that marriage refining, um, there's something that she was doing and I was doing, and it wasn't religious. It wasn't like okay, I need to get up and read my Bible. I need to read ten scriptures and say five hallelujahs and 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 <laughs> you know and get down on my knees and pray for twenty hours. No, it was just like Jesus help. And I think that when we can start to learn that. In our, in our relationship is, hey, Jesus, help me. And just that calling on that turning to that one step. Honestly, I, it, it can be done on a minimal scale and, and then you'll watch him expand it, I think. Mm -hmm. And so be, be encouraged, like right. <laughs> be encouraged talking about. Seriously, I, 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 I love people who question. Mm -hmm. I love people who question. I, I, I never sit here one time in my in, in my experience when someone because we I get out on the streets I I can connect with a lot of the the youth around here the ones that are out pushing the drugs or doing the drugs or doing the life because um, I, I can just I can talk to them and at the end of the conversation you can tell me pretty much anything you want to tell me and I'm gonna be like you know what it's about a relationship and it's up to you. Um, so yeah, I'd be encouraged. You know, don't worry that like don't don't fall into anxiety trap because that's a trap, man. I'm I, I, okay. Now here comes the here comes the Jesus freak. That's an anxiety trap from the enemy, um, <laughs> who's trying to tell you, no, nah, you ain't got time for right. none of this. Right. You are way too busy. So yeah. be encouraged and just know that there there is a that Jesus is there. You know that's that's you know you you're looking through the window and you're just like, how do I make that step? He's there, and all he wants is you to sit there and say, acknowledge, and then he'll do the work. And that's what Michelle was also saying. Yeah, it's.
for me, I was, so I was 23. I had a full-time job. I had my, my little pod of friends, like my posse that we, we rolled with. And every Friday and Saturday, we went to the same bar. And so we knew all the bartenders. We got all the deals. That's where we threw all our parties, like all our birthday parties, all that stuff, you know, knew the DJ. It was our spot. And like, that was my life. Like, you know, happy hours after work, sometimes hanging out with my friends, staying up late, having meaningful talks with them about how much our lives sucked pretty much. Um, and we would like commiserate and like build each other up and get back out there the next day and figure it out again. And, um, and that was my life. And at the time I'm telling you, like, I still can feel it. Like I was full. Now was I full, full? No, I was coming home crying and being lonely and sad and depressed, but I felt loved. No doubt those, those friends loved me and I love them to this day. Mm. Um, that that's not, I, I don't, you know, they, they weren't really Christian, so they didn't really love me. No, like love, you know, love is out there because God has put it in us. And so, um, we loved one another. We had fun together. We laughed, we shared things. We, we got through life together and it was meaningful. And when I came to Christ, I remember the first time after coming to Christ, I went to the bar. I was like, yo, can you buy my drink? Cause it's after sundown on Friday and I'm trying to keep Sabbath. And she looked at me like, what are you talking about? I didn't even know what I was talking about. And I was still trying to get the drink. I'm like, I'll pay you back on like Monday. <laughs> I'll Venmo you Monday, but I can't spend money after this time. Like, and she looked at me because she grew up in a Christian house, but she wasn't Christian. She's like in her mind, she's probably like, this girl has no idea what she's talking about because even she knew better that that was just crazy talk. But regardless, I was in there figuring it out all by myself, didn't go to church yet. Mm. Um, but as I, so this this continued on, like we got engaged and that crew was at our wedding. That crew was the bridesmaids and some of the ushers at the wedding, you know, like there were a lot. And, um, but here's the difference. And this has happened, whether or not you accept Christ, this is gonna happen in your life because it's happened in my life multiple times. When I was in high school, I had a crew. And then we all went to different colleges. And, and we were all like, ooh, something's gonna change when we go through this window of college, right? World's gonna change because I'm literally changing my address and now I'm going into this, you know, whatever. And life changed and you get a new crew and maybe some people carry over, right? I had people who came to college with me like and people who stayed local and like we, we had a crew, but it was like a hybrid crew, right? And then you start t getting into student groups in college and you have a crew, right? And then you graduate and now everyone's moving to get jobs and now they're at their new workplace and now they have a new crew and they have a new group of people they hang out with and life is now different. Now you have a different set of things you do, different things you, you care about, talk about all that, it changes again. And then you, when you get married, now suddenly, why, where are all my single friends? Oh, they're over there and I'm hanging out with all my married friends and you're all doing stuff to get, and now you have a new crew and then you have kids. Every time people are carrying over, but every time new people are coming in, new concerns, new blessings, new responsibilities, every single time new things are coming in. Because no matter what, we're always jumping through windows. And we're always leaving some people behind with no hard feelings and picking new people up. And, and, and like, that's just life, right? So when I came to Christ, met some new people at church, brought, carried some of my friends, even came to church once or twice. They didn't stay, right? But they came and, and that's amazing because um, not everyone can say that, but I have lost a lot of friends. I have gained a lot of friends, but you know what? 
I would have lost people anyway because I lost people before. And it's not a hard feeling. It's not like, oh, you're a Christian now. No, it's like I lost single friends when we got married. Not because I was a Christian, but just because they were doing different things. And so we just stopped calling, stopped texting. Like that kind of stuff happens. And so as you go through new windows, no matter what window it is, time is freed up because you leave some stuff behind, you pick new stuff up. I remember I, when I decided to go to church, I went to Google Calendar and I, I just added church on repeat forever, like never ends, checkbox. I'm going to church on Sunday. The rest of them, and then the first day there, they're like, you want to come to Bible study on Tuesdays? I'm like, whoa, I go to the happy hour on Tuesdays. Whoa, <laughs> what? And a few times I went to happy hour and then Bible study, and I didn't even feel convicted because by the time I'm done with Bible study, I had such a great time at Bible study that I, like, I was kind of, it, like, over time, it's like, it's a relationship. Imagine dating a guy. You like him at first, you call him, you text, you're like, oh, I don't really, you know, I can't come on too strong, you know? And then, like, the more you like him, the more you get to know him, the more you're texting them at all times of day, the more you think about them, the more you're like, hey, you want to come with me? You want to come? And then all of a sudden, now you're engaged. And now, all of a sudden, you're married. And now, all of a sudden, you have kids. And that's the relationship with Jesus in the sense of more and more time being spent. And it's like, now that I'm married to him, we have a different schedule than when we were single. We have a different schedule uh, than when we were even dating or engaged. And life just changes anyway. And it's not about not having enough time. It's like you will always make time for what matters to you. And the more God matters to you, the more time he'll be in your life. And he's not going to be like, you haven't given me 100% of your time and it's been two weeks. So I'm retracting this salvation. That's not how it works. You know, like he's, he's excited that you're here and that you're in it. And so that's, that's kind of like what it's been like for us. And that's when you said the windows, I love that analogy. Yeah. Windows is cool. Yeah. Hopefully that wasn't too much. <laughs> I know. Like we get really no. excited. It wasn't, it wasn't too much. It's just when I have to respond that I'm like, so much has been said. What do I say? <laughs> Sorry. When you bring us both on, this happens. Yeah. <laughs> is Vessel there? Is he listening to this as well? Yeah, but he's also watching Instagram or something. You know? <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Boyfriend's there. Oh, hi. Nice. Hi. Hello. No, that's, that's, uh, yeah, oh, just. Hi. <laughs> 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 that's awesome. Oh, no, that's good. I'm going to turn on my light because it's been bothering me. It's getting dark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Well, you guys, thank you so much for sharing all of that, all your story and. I know that's a, that's a lot, uh, but Dakmar, I, I mean, I don't know. What did you think about what uh, Michelle just shared about the friend thing? Because I know that's got to yeah. be part of some of your hesitation, right? All your friends. Oh, to be honest, I'm kind of a loner <laughs> <laughs> lately. Like, um, I've been struggling with some mental health issues, and. I have been for a couple of years and I've noticed that um, when I uh, went to college, I lost a lot of my high school friends because, mm -hmm. well, everyone went to different colleges, but because of my mental health troubles, I didn't make a lot of new friends. And now I dropped out of college and I moved back home. And I still see some of my high school friends, but a lot not. So, um, yeah, I guess kind of ever since then, being able to 
like accept the fact that I lost a lot of friends and I didn't gain new ones that much. I did gain some, of course, but uh, I don't know. It's been hard to accept. Yeah, so maybe for that reasons also like if I lose friends, but I could also gain so much friends from going to church or doing whatever. But I know that I'm not like a terrible person and people will become friends with me if I actually put effort into it. But yeah, it's uh, that's been a little hard. So to be able to accept that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, um, mental health is always a, a tough one to to deal with. Um, coming from a PTSD background, so delusions, nightmares, and flashbacks um, really wrecked my world for a long time. Uh, but now I have a place to unpack that because uh, you know when when people like uh, same kind of situation, it's like people started to fall off because you know I would fall into a flashback. Next thing you know, I'm reenacting war in the middle of a crowd. You know and you know, you lose friends and you lose those around you. But what's really been cool is the solidification in the friends that I have now. Um, you know, my, my best friend just asked me questions all the time. Like, dude, do you not know that I was in war? I mean, like some of the questions they ask a war veteran, it's just like, did you kill somebody? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> you know, but 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 at the end of the day, um, when you jump through that window, when you jump through that window, you're not jumping through it alone. Um, and he'll give you exactly what you need mm -hmm. uh, at the right times. You know, like we feel like we, we got to take this on so hard, you know, like we got to take the world and, and it's going to it's all on my shoulders, all on my shoulders. And really what healed me and and gets me through those those mental health crises and, and the things that, you know, we go through is, is being able to turn it over to something else, something greater than who I am. Because honestly, I, as a man, as a warrior, as that guy who had it all together, to end up in a, a, a mental institution for the military because I just couldn't keep it together was a very hard strike in my life. And you know what? Give it time, girl. Mm -hmm. Like, give it time. Um, there's the, t Take the pressure of like... Take, I got to get healed. I got to get better. I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to. Um, have you ever seen Nemo? Yeah. Have you ever seen Nemo? And, and the birds that are like, mine, 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 mine. Stop saying I, 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 because I, it's, it's just way too much pressure. Yeah. It's way too much pressure. And, and that window that is there, Jesus, and, and I'm going to speak very frank, is the answer. Um, and he he can heal in ways that we don't even understand. I mean, we're looking what forty one. I came back to Christ, so I'm fifty this month. Yay, March thirty first. Uh, <laughs> but uh, at forty one, I finally made that decision. And from all of the trauma that I had gone through in my life, um, I now had a place to 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 who would foster that for me, who would take that for me. And when I would read the word of God every day, you know, you can sit there and be stuck on your bad, you're not good. You know, those little like one liners that are very minimal throughout the Bible. Or you can sit there on the words of encouragement of him saying, hey, you know what? I love you. My wife, you know, I tell people all the time, she's, she's, not, my, I, I, she's not my ice cream. Jesus is my ice cream. She's a bonus cherry that sits on top. 
<laughs> she's a bonus. But but God is my ice cream, and He sits there and He just tells you over and over and over again through that Word of God. Why I love the Bible, why I really love it, is because you know we can sit there and say, oh well, this is bad or this is bad. We can sit on that side all day long, or you can sit on the side of someone who is 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 divine and who is perfect, telling me, no, 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 you're good. And Doc Mar, you're good. You are good. And I want you to know that that's what's been that's what's being laid on my heart right now to say that to you. And and he's saying you're good. So hey, don't worry about what the world's sitting there like. Ah. No, just be like, you know what? I'm good. And be in that reinforcement. I'm good. Because you know what? Not because I say it or Michelle says it or or Janelle says it. It's because God is saying it. Yeah. Oh shit. I want to ask you a follow-up question to that yeah, that I've asked yeah. other Christians on this podcast before, and it, it gets different answers, and so I'd love to hear your, your take on it. Um, one of the people that we had on this podcast that talked with Doc Marr was Josh White, and one of the things that he says is that we're all sinners to the very core. That's mm. who we are, uh, but God loves us anyway. Like, on your worst day, God is crazy about you. So there's a lot of disagreement and tension, I think, sometimes between Christians, between this idea of I'm a sinner, but I'm good. How do you reconcile that? Because I think that um, we're good because he is good, right? So how do we how do we share that message with somebody? You know, Doc Mar right now, like I'm looking at you and I know that what Shay just said cuts you deep. Um, Jesus is the way, just like what you just said. Tell me about the goodness that comes from him. Ooh. I'm glad you asked that question. Yeah. Because no. <laughs> I was like, there's layers to, to the, there's, the there's, your good thing. There's uh, so many layers to your good. Um, first of all, we're imperfect. Um, I think it's important for us to understand. I heard someone say it the other day. It's like, you know, people sit there and say, well, I'm a good person. Okay, well, have you lied? Yeah, I've lied. Well, have you ever cheated anybody? Yeah, I mean, I cheated my sister out stuff, you know, back in my day. I mean, we could walk through this whole thing to get to this one conclusion that, you know, we're imperfect. I think it's better to see that we're imperfect. I think it's better, not a good or a bad, but that we're imperfect. And I think that when we understand that we're imperfect, then we can start to see um, why there's a necessity to hear something good. Uh, you know, Romans 6 and 7 in the Bible, you know, talks about like this battle between sin and, and you know, like I, even though I don't want to sin, I still sin the Apostle Paul. And, you know, there's been different translations on that, too. We're not getting into the translations on this because what's the point? What is the point? On The point is we struggle. The point is that Romans 7, when Paul is sitting there saying, I, you know, I don't want to sin, though I sin and I keep sinning, but I don't want to sin. But, you know, he gives an answer to this. He gives an answer to this right when you turn into Romans. Says, there, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, um, who do not walk according to flesh. So this word condemnation, in other words, like let's say you're standing in a court and you're standing with Christ on your side, right? And and the world is sitting there throwing stones or wanting to throw stones, and 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 it's like you're bad, you're evil, because condemnation could be one of those words that is hard to unpack sometimes. But they're not, you know. There's nothing coming against me when I'm in Christ, because Christ is standing there before me. So when Christ is standing there before me, the impact of myself, the world, the enemy, however you want to describe this, I have something that stands between me and the world, and that is the goodness that I'm talking about. It's not my goodness. Now, reflectiveness, 
See, I look at this as a reflection. God says I'm good. I start to feel this like, wait, maybe I'm good. And I start taking what he's telling me and I start reflecting it in an outward way. And, and so when I hear the words good and bad, I'm, I'm like, it can be so controversial. I really believe that. I, I, do I do bad things? Yeah. But if I live in that idea that I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm going to sit there and say I'm bad. Now, this is basic psychology too, by the way. This is basic psychology as well. You know, you you sat in it, I've sat in it. I talked to my, you know, I've, I've talked to my psychiatrist or my psychologist, and they sit there and and they, you know, we have to rip through all of the band-aids and take off all the band-aids. And by the end of the day, if I sit there and say I'm bad, 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 I'm gonna start reflecting that I'm bad. But if I have something that constantly tells me I'm good, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good. Positive reinforcement. The Bible is that positive reinforcement. And so when I sit there and look at bad and good, I say, oh, wait, someone says I'm good. And there's a layer there that can be unwrapped and, and it's not mine because girl, I, all y'all that's listening right now, I have sat in the I'm bad moment. I have sat in, why did I not come to Christ sooner? Because I thought there was a God who didn't want me. I thought that there was a God who sat there and condemned me, but he doesn't. He might convict you, but he does not condemn you. So as a, and so I'm sitting there thinking, I can't stand before this God. He'll never receive me. I'm evil. I'm wicked. I'm ugly. I do drugs. Man, I sleep with women. Man, I drink. I, I curse. I, I watch pornography. I, I do all of these things. There's no God that wants me. Huh. And then the truth comes out. The truth comes out. He's like, all I, all I, all I want is you. I want you just how you are. So wipes away some of that stuff. Some of that stuff saves. Some of that stuff is still a constant work. But I'm never, I am never, ever going to sit there at the position I'm in and what he's brought me through and say, I'm bad. No, I'm a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I stopped crying, so that's something... <laughs> <laughs> um, now what do I say to this part I've just been listening and taking it all in and then sometimes when you have to respond it's kind of oh what do I do now? um but yeah I don't know I it's hard like, I know that I'm the sort of person, like, the reason that, one of the reasons that I haven't accepted him yet um, into my life is uh, the need to try to do it on my own. Mm. Like, that, mm. tendency, like, I've had that for a long time, and I'm dealing with that it, I am a work in progress in that way uh, in a lot of ways <laughs> um, but yeah maybe that's also a reason why I haven't accepted him yet like, mm -hmm. to be able to say like I can't do this on my own mm -hmm. you know one of the things it's a double-edged sword you feel great when you can do it on your own but you feel like trash when you can't and the truth of reality is 
the vast majority of things we can't do by ourselves. Um, so then most of the time we're going to feel like trash and try to cover it up by doing something else that we can do by ourselves. And I look at, so being a, a parent, you mm -hmm. learn a lot because you're around a toddler all the time, but you work on a farm with kids. So you notice things. And what's funny is we say, you know, the, the kid, like that's a kid thing to do. And then we do it as adults, but we don't call it childlike anymore. And one of those things is saying, I, I got it. I know I can do it by myself. Like our little girl, Today. Like today on the playground alone, like she like there were other little kids older trying to show her to, how to do something. And she literally overtly ignored them because she wanted the pride and the and the confetti when she tried to do it herself and it worked out. But she didn't want to hear what the others had to say. But even sometimes like the help would make it easier and actually give me the ability and the bandwidth to do more. But me saying, no, I got it makes means I'm going to expend all my energy right mm -hmm. here um, if I even succeed and I have struggled with anxiety um, my whole life I actually God just delivered me it's been eight years he just delivered me out of trichotillomania and that's a story in itself but for you know for the last seven years I was still compulsively pulling at my eyebrows when I had too much anxiety and um, this is like the like my last eyebrow pencils in the house because I don't need it anymore, you know? Um, but even though I was walking with him for seven years, I was still having this problem because he was working at the roots. He wasn't like, I'm just, I'm not going to just take away the manifestation of anxiety and not help you with your anxiety. Like God wants to help you with the problem and then the symptoms go away. He's not going to just take your symptoms and leave you stuck with the problem. And so he's been working at me and anxiety and really speaking to me through our child, like how many times have I said, I got it. And every time I put the pressure back on myself, that's when it starts. So we're not wired actually as humans. It's a lie we've been given and a, and a desire we want to fulfill in ourselves that we got it. We don't got it. Like we, we, we can't, everything we do is using things God made. So we're just making grandkid creations in the sense of like that chair. You can't make a chair without the wood mm. and the metal God made. You know, you can't make it without the hands God gave you like everything. So it is a pride break, but it's a good pride break. It's mm. better to have the right kind of pride than the self-destructive kind. And the, and the right kind is like feeling good about doing godly work, feeling good purpose. You know, like in Romans 12, it says, you know, do good things, do good things because we're capable of doing good things when we have the Holy Spirit in us. We're, we're like going to the mechanic finally instead of the chef to fix the car. And like, that's, that's what we do when we go to ourselves. It's like, okay, I was made by someone. And so when it's, when, when something's wrong with me, I'm just going to fix it myself. I don't expect my car. I don't even expect a robot to fix itself, let alone my printer, my my daughter, I don't expect my daughter. Oh, you know, you cut yourself. Okay, go, go take care of it. You know what to do in a few years. Sure. But like right now I'm like, okay, let me go get the bandaid that you cannot reach so that you don't try to drag the stool fall off and hit your head too. Like, you know, like it's just, when you look at a little toddler, we're all little toddlers to God. We'll never be as old, big, strong, wise, powerful as him. And that's not a jab at us. That's a comfort. When you walk in who you actually are, when you actually are walking in reality, the anxiety can go away. 
But when you're trying to become something, like imagine the anxiety of someone trying to be an elephant all day. Utter fail, left and right. Mm. But still insisting they could be an elephant. We're doing that with ourselves. I can be God. I can get myself to heaven. I can solve my problem. I can find the right friends. I can get the right spouse. I ask God to bring me a spouse. I ask God to bring me friends. And he's brought me not a lot of friends, but the greatest friends I've ever had. Um, you know, like we, we ask him for the little things, the small things, the big things, because I'm like, I, he's going to have me do something in that, you know, mm -hmm. like my daughter helps Shay cook in the kitchen. It, it helps her learn. It builds their relationship. She's being like, she's helping. Um, but involving her father, mm -hmm. right? Her father's involving her. And then do it and she's doing what he tells her to do and she's a part of it and then she gets to be a part of the final product and that's that's the relationship we get to have with a perfect father in heaven that's better than any father here on earth whether yours was good or bad um and but i think that that's the big thing is yeah. you're not you can't be god so you can spend your whole time trying to be and fail guaranteed or you can say okay i was never meant to be god i was meant to be me as I, I was meant to be dakmar um and I don't have to be any better before God will use me. Which I think is like at the heart of you saying, yeah. you know, you're good. Like, you, like if someone falls, oh, don't worry, you're good. Come on, get up, get up. You know, like you're good in that sense. Like it's not like this perfect righteousness without the Lord kind of thing. You've got it right enough to come. It's just like, like, don't worry. Like, I've got you, you're good. You know, you don't have to pay that. I got you, you're good. Your debt's settled, you're good. Like come, you're good in that sense. Like is how I I see that kind of playing out. Uh, just a quick analogy. So our daughter's on the merry-go-round today, and I'm like, hold on, hold on to the merry-go-round. Don't don't let go. And I start spinning. She's like, go faster, Baba, go faster. So I'm spinning her faster. Next, <laughs> next thing you know, this little girl just goes and off off on she the just, ground. Her coat she slippery. flops. Her her coat slippery. Whatever. She let she go. She let go. <laughs> Now there's two things I could have done. I could have sat there and looked at her and, and this is not what God does. God God does not look down at her and say, I can't believe you let go. I can't believe this. I can't no, I looked at her and said, Are you okay? Are you okay? You're okay. You're good. You're good. Come on, get back up. And we dusted her off and she went and ran about her way. Or another time she was trying to reach up for those things that slide. You know, those little she's three Zip feet tall. Me. This thing's like six feet away. Right. And she's like, Baba, I wanna I wanna do this. And so I go to lift her up to put her up there to have her grab a hold of it. She could never do this on her own. And she starts crying because these little boys are there. She's prideful. She doesn't want them, you know, she wants to she wants to succeed. And she starts crying. And I'm just I said, just grab a hold of it and you'll be able to slide right across. Your Baba's got you. See, God's got you. Mm -hmm. That 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 thing might be like six feet away and you've got four feet of reach. But God has the ability to get you there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what another way to look at yeah, this as well. All right, Doc, more final thoughts, and then we're going to jump into the final question here for these guys. Uh, yeah, I I really like that. It's like, um, for me, like how I translate it in my mind is like, I don't have to worry. I'm good enough to be in a relationship with God, but I don't think that on my own I'm ever going to make it. And, of course, there's a lot of people willing to help me and everything like that and I could definitely accept their help sometimes a little more um uh I think that I could most definitely use his help mm, amen. Yeah. 
Well, let's ask this final question, then I'll stop recording here, and, and maybe I'll get even more direct uh, things from these guys. <laughs> Stay tuned for the Patreon episode. Maybe we'll share. Uh, the Finding Something Real podcast, uh, Shay and Michelle, is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. You guys know that's an acronym for real. Mm. Of those gifts that we can find in relationship with Jesus Christ, restoration, eternity, authenticity and love mm. which stands out to you the most in your life right now and why i don't remember what i said last time but love i think the funny thing about love it like it encompasses everything else and i think that's that's why god says god <coughs> is love because it encompasses it all but it's that swiss army knife that god wields to be everything that we need and and then also be faithful enough to dole out what we don't want in the moment, but it is what we need. Um, and yeah, tons of toddler analogies come to mind, but that's the one for me is just, is love that, that parental love, mm. that groom love, mm. that brotherly love, like all, he's all of it, um, to us in one, in one package. E encouragement, right? Eternity. 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 Oh, I mean, I think eternity is encouragement. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm thinking of that. Like, I, I think of um, what's going on in the world, and I think of um, all of the the challenges that we've been facing, the wars that we see, the w rumors of wars that we see, the pestilence that we've seen. Um, and so I, I look at the eternity. I look at the eternal purpose of things, and really, what that boils down into me is encouragement, um, because I think in our seasons. Um, for for me, I mean, love is always there. I mean, all of those are always there. But encouragement, this 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 idea that you know what, the world is going to be what the world is, but God is who God is, and 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 knowing that there is a firm foundation to keep and stay stable on. Amen. Well, Shay and Michelle Watson and Dakmar, this has been a really great conversation. Thank you so much for being here. And until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting young women to join me as they share their personal stories and ask honest questions or share objections to the Christian faith. We hope to feature a different story each month and then invite Christian guests on to share from their own journeys and experiences and maybe answer some of those questions in follow-up episodes. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all at whether there's something real to be found in Jesus, I invite you to come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.